eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. From Jordan Hare Stadium to Auburn Arena. From the Plains to the recruiting trail and all points in between. If it's Auburn, we've got it covered. Did I say War Eagle? Or War Eagle. That's it? War Eagle. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast with Brandon Marcello. Hey everybody, welcome to the Roundtable. We've got uh, practically everyone with Auburn 24-7 here for this episode. Joined with me is Keith Niebuhr, Jason Caldwell, Mark Murphy, and Philip Marshall. It's a full roundtable. Last week, uh, everybody's schedules didn't really work out, so we just had like a cross-table, crossfire type thing between myself and Philip. Uh, but this week, uh, Auburn, of course, coming off a huge win against Texas A&M. I know we've talked about and written about that relentlessly since then, but Auburn going home to play a uh, really tough uh, Mississippi State team that is trying to figure things out with this offense and a true freshman quarterback that might possibly be starting in that game. But before we get to that, I wanted to talk uh, about recruiting because this is a big recruiting weekend uh, for the Tigers, not just football, but for basketball as well. And I wanted to hit on basketball first because the Tigers are going to have a couple of five stars in, including one that we have been talking about and and following for a long time, guys, and that is uh, Sharif Cooper. Um, Mark, Jason, Keith, uh, like I said, this is a guy that Auburn's been on for a long, long time, for several years. What's the feeling about his visit coming up? Because he's he's had to have been here more than half a dozen times. Right, and he was here this week. He was at practice uh, Tuesday, the first uh, full preseason practice. He was there with his dad. Auburn's been recruiting him for, I think, two and a half years at least. And uh, he's been really good since his freshman year. Averaged like 14, 15 points up at uh, McEachern High School in Powder Springs, Georgia. Five-star point guard. Not a real big one. Six, uh, 160 pounds. Very athletic. He can really score. Had 20 points in the state championship game, but even though he had foul trouble and, uh, you know, He's the kind of guy that's good enough to come in and start as a true freshman, I believe. Yeah, Brandon, we, me and Keith had a chance to see him again this summer and see him in person when we went to the uh, the AAU tournament outside of Atlanta. And, and you can see a guy that controls and runs the team. He, he has a little bit of Jared Harper in him. He's a scoring point guard and kind of that new age type point guard. And a guy, like I said, Auburn's been, been putting a lot of time and effort into it and a guy that – 
you know, they've kind of said, Hey, we want to build, build a class around you. And, uh, you know, we're definitely one of the, uh, the biggest guys on campus and, uh, a big weekend for Auburn basketball for sure. Yeah. Jason. And like you said, we saw him play and, you know, he's, um, he's talented. He's a scorer. He gets to the hoop, but he can also shoot the deep ball, uh, really a complete player in terms of scoring ability. Yeah. He is tiny though. There's no question about that, but, uh, you know, he's got incredibly quick hands and, uh, yeah, he's just a fun player to watch. He's a guy that people literally will pay to buy a ticket to go see. And Sounds like Jared Harper. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Jalen Green's coming in from the West Coast. Prolific prep in Napa, uh, California. Uh, the number two rated uh, combo guard in the country. Uh, I think he's number three overall prospect in 24-7 sports rankings. And, uh, you know, I don't know if Auburn's got a great chance to get him, but it's a big deal getting him in for an official visit this weekend. Uh, I have not seen him play in person. I've seen video of him. He looks really good in video, but people have seen him play in person say he's special. So um, it's not every day you get two five-star prospects in for official visits on a basketball weekend. And uh, so it's a pretty big deal for uh, Bruce Pearl and his staff. And they're going to honor the uh, Final Four team uh, at halftime, uh, I believe, during this game. And I'm sure that's going to open some eyes up. That's going to be a pretty special moment in front of 80-plus thousand folks. You know, uh, what, a, what a run last – I say last year. It's just a few months ago. It's, it's hard to believe that was just a few months ago and we're about to start a new season of Auburn basketball. Um and we'll talk a little bit more about Auburn basketball here later in the podcast. Uh, they've started practices. But one last question about basketball recruiting, guys. What are the chances that Cooper commits to Auburn this weekend? Does he does he finally pull the trigger? If I had to guess, I would say this is the weekend he does it. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I think he's been there enough. Um, I think the timing's right. And you know, you go ahead and do it, you give him time to start being a guy that gets other guys to join him. And that's what we've seen in basketball. That's an important part of things. So I, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see them get that, that guy that they've been pointing toward for a couple of years. Yeah, absolutely agree with these two guys. Uh, you know, Mark has been around these kids a lot. And I know Jason has been too. And uh, yeah, again, this is an attention getting commitment when it happens. And we're saying when, because we're pretty sure it's a win, not an if, but again, an attention getter, this is a guy that people, I've been following for years. They they know a lot about this kid. They know what kind of ability he has. They know that other players want to play with them. Uh, so it's significant. It's a it's the kind of commitment that again, when it happens, uh, will let people know that Auburn's here to stay in basketball. Yeah, he led his team to 32 and 0 record last year, the Big School State Championship in Georgia, first ever state championship in basketball for McEachern and. Uh, I remember driving back from the Auburn-Georgia basketball game late night, and I was listening to one of the Atlanta talk shows, and they had uh, a guest host in there who'd been uh, watching high school basketball in Georgia for several decades, and he said he couldn't really think of a better point guard um, than this kid, Cooper. So that's a pretty interesting comment. He was also the uh, Gatorade Player of the Year in the state of Georgia as a junior, and that state was stacked up with talent last year. Yeah, absolutely. And Auburn continues to just do a great job in the state of Georgia with basketball right now. Uh, moving forward, guys, football back home at Jordan-Hare Stadium. 
It's hard to believe that this is going to be the last home game till November, but uh, that's just how the schedule works out. Auburn hosting Mississippi State, a borderline top 25 team. Their one loss was to Kansas State. They had several turnovers in that game, really should have won it, but they had all those turnovers. And they're dealing with some issues where they're able to move the ball offensively, but they're just not scoring points. They come into this game still with questions at quarterback. True freshman Garrett Schrader made his first start last week in place of the injured Tommy Stevens. There's some talk there because Mississippi State has a bye week next week that they probably will rest Tommy Stevens once again this week, and Schrader will end up starting so they can make sure Stevens is 100% healthy for the back half of the schedule. So having said all that, guys... I know I hear people say trap game about this game, but I don't see it as a trap game. I see it as it's a good Mississippi State team, just like the one last season. It's just they got some different parts, and obviously they don't have the number one defense in the country anymore, but it's still a pretty solid Mississippi State team like the ones we've seen over the last five to seven years. I agree with you 100% on that, Brandon. That it's, uh, I don't think it's a trap game at all. I think that anybody had a doubt about that just needed to listen to Gus Malzahn on Tuesday. Uh, uh talk about what his his very vivid memory of what happened last season but I, I agree with you that this is a good team and uh mississippi state is and uh they're not a great team i don't think but they're a good team and uh uh and if you don't play well or if you don't play at the top of your game you'll have a chance to get beat yeah you look at it and to me the schrader is the interesting part of this because he's a better runner to me than tommy stevens he kind of gives you a more of a Nick Fitzgerald look than than they've had. And, and, you know, how much can they play into that? Can Joe Moorhead tap into what they did last year against Auburn? And what is Auburn's response? But you're right. This this game made before the season, if you had known, okay, you had Texas A&M win, a potential top 10 matchup against Florida, this game sandwiched in between, not knowing anything else, you could look at this game and go, well, that might be difficult. But knowing what we know from last year, um, I can't see any way that, that this is an Auburn team that isn't full bore and ready to go on Saturday. That was as animated, or not as animated, that's one of the more animated press conferences uh, we've seen with, yeah. with Gus Malzahn. Uh, he seems pretty peeved off about that loss last season. Said they were outcoached, they were outplayed, everything went wrong for them. Well, not just defensively, of course. They held them to 23 points, and but of course let – allow 300 plus rushing yards but you know you re, we all remember booby whitlow fumbling before he got to the end zone other fumbles other mistakes auburn still had a chance to win that game and they just kept shooting themselves in the foot and then also the defense just got gashed in that game and um really that was a turning point last season and uh i think man there are always games that stick under the skin of of coaches but for last season i think this one especially really, you know, for lack of a better word, pissed off Gus Malzahn. I think I think you look at it too and the ones that you that you feel like you give away are the ones that that make it even worse. And I yeah. think this one is with all those things that happened, it's still a one possession game until the late touchdown run from my Nick Fitzgerald. I, I think that's what makes them maybe as mad as anything is like, look, all those things that happened, that's still a game we could you could have won had you just played okay and you played terrible. Um, and to me, those are the ones that stick with you even worse. And uh, I would imagine the players, you know, we talked to Derek Brown especially, and Derek Brown, um, I would guess, was probably – you're talking about animated. He's normally the guy that's never animated. He had a little bit to him as well. And, and so, yeah, this is a game that I feel like they, they're ready to go for. You know, it's uh, that game – one more thing. 
You know, he also, I've never seen a wide receiver any more wide open than Darius Slayton was. Oh, man. And uh, overthrew about, literally about 20 yards. And uh, the fumble, Booby's fumble, uh, and they won't talk about this, but the truth is, Ole Miss's touchdown before the half shouldn't have been a touchdown. If you watch the replay, he was clearly not in the end zone. So they had every, they had every chance to win, and, and Booby's fumble, of course, that happened twice to him last year, uh, which is, he fumbled away an absolute certain touchdown. I mean, uh, all those things had as much to do, or I, they 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 could have still won even even struggling to stop their running game, but they didn't, and they got they got handled pretty well. And uh, you know, I, I, I'm uh, sometimes cautious about teams that are talk too much about, and I, I, I shouldn't say talk because they're not, it's not like, not like they're talking out of school, but, but, uh, you just better be ready to, to, to do what it takes to win and not think you're going to win by just going out there and saying, well, we're not going to let that happen again. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, talk is cheap. I think, I, I think, uh, you know, as Jason mentioned, I think if anybody's going to be mo- motivated in this game, it's going to be Auburn's defensive line right. after last season. I, th- th- I mean, we'll see, but you know that this could be a game where they are just absolute savages. But having said that, Mississippi State's got a fantastic running back in Kylan Hill. Uh, explosive has gotten much better as a pass blocker, which is good for them, especially with the possibility of a true freshman having to start at quarterback. But uh, Hill leads the SEC in rushing uh, and and does so by a healthy margin at this point. And he's been there to throw the ball as successfully as they want, uh, particularly with all these challenges they've had at quarterback and the injuries and everything. So it, it'll be interesting to see what State tries to do. And uh, as Jason said, you know, Schrader for them, I mean, he gives them a duality there. He can run the football, and Stevens can run a little bit, but he's not like like Garrett Schrader. I mean, he was one of the top dual-threat quarterbacks in this last signing class. And, uh, you know, he presents something that maybe Auburn hasn't quite faced, at least this season, uh, when you've got a true dual threat guy there in the backfield next to a really, 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 really good running back. I'd like to see what he actually weighs. He's listed at 6'4", 220 pounds. My guess is he's probably closer to like 235 because he just ran through a lot of tackles last week against Kentucky. He ran the ball really well in the second half against Kansas State. Plus, he's got quick feet, and he can avoid a pass rush. So I think he's sort of the X factor for this game. He looks like he's about 30 years old. <laughs> well, he, he, has a mount, he has a mountain man beard going on. I'm telling you. <laughs> um, are we talking about Schrader? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw that picture of him. I was like, goodness gracious. Uh, shouldn't he be in West Virginia? Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brandon, get back to Colin Hill real quick. He That's a guy that – you know, coming out of high school, everybody in the state talked about Cam Akers, and rightfully so. Yeah, Cam yeah. Akers is a, a really good player. Colin Hill has become a guy that – and we saw it last year. Against Auburn, he got the touches that kind of everybody were, was waiting on him to get, and he put up big numbers. In other games, he kind of got lost. Well, this year without Nick Fitzgerald, they've been able to kind of lean on him some, and he is delivering. I think Colin Hill and DeAndre Swift are the best two running backs in this league, and – if he was a guy that was playing at Clemson or Georgia or Alabama, people all over the country would be talking about how good Colin Hill is. So with this game, I think everybody, as we've mentioned, is very interested to see Auburn's defensive front against that Mississippi State offensive front. Um, 
and this is a game that Auburn's, you know, they're favored by double digits. You know, say what you will about that. Um, well, I think we're all going to pick Auburn in this game, obviously. But what would what would Mississippi State have to do, and what would Auburn have to do for the Tigers to actually, you know, lose this type of game at home? Is it simply just winning a turnover battle, or is this going to be something that could be a you know knock them, drag them out fight to the end? You know, last year I thought Mississippi State gave Auburn a lot of problems uh, offensively with what they were doing. They were making Auburn go ahead and get lined up defensively. They were waiting until very late into the play clock and then sending the signal in from the sideline. And they were figuring out where the weak point was in the Auburn defense and going after that. And they were very effective doing that. So Auburn's going to have to make some adjustments to that this year because Mississippi State still has got a very dangerous quarterback as far as running the ball, and they still got Kylan Hill. So, you know, how Auburn deals with that situation, if it pops up again on strategy for Mississippi State, it's going to be a key. And then, you know, you mentioned the turnovers. Mississippi State leads the league in takeaways. And, uh, you know, if it's a big disparity in that category, that could be a problem for Auburn as well. I think that. Obviously, turnovers always are the great equalizer. I, I don't want if that were to happen. That would be for either team would have a hard time winning if they lose the turnover battle by a significant margin. But I think you know, same thing as just like the old days: stop, uh, run the ball, and stop the run. Uh, both teams need to be able to run it to be effective on offense. And uh, I think that Mississippi State, if, if you, Auburn can make them one dimensional and and not let them run the ball, then uh, then they'll have a hard time. Uh, I, I, I kind of look for Auburn to pull away a little bit at the end. I think it'll be a it'll be a close game, but I, I do believe Auburn's. If you just compare the two teams, I think Auburn is uh, is clearly stronger, though maybe not as much stronger as a lot of people would, would like for it to be. Yeah, yeah, you know, we'll see on this one. I, I I'm still not sure that this Mississippi State defense. Um, you start looking at level of competition. That's the thing that you have to factor yep. in this when we start looking at numbers. Who Auburn has played, as opposed to who Mississippi State's played, and, and Auburn's played some really talented offenses. And when you when you throw in a Tulane and even a Kent State at times, that's not a bad offense. And and so this Auburn defense is facing really dynamic offenses. I, I think you put Mississippi State in 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 obvious passing situations, and I think you have a huge advantage on Saturday. I just don't think this is a Mississippi State group outside of Osiris Mitchell and maybe Farad Green at tight end. They just don't have a lot of guys outside, to me, that look like they're dynamic as opposed to what you've seen. For me, look on the other side of the ball and for Auburn's offense. The other guys, in addition to Booby Whitlow, to me, that's going to be the key to this game. How much rushing do they get outside of Booby Whitlow in turn Anthony Schwartz? Um, DJ Williams involved. Uh, do we see Cam Martin again? Um, all those guys – how much can they add to the rushing game? That's been a really big key uh, for Auburn with the quarterbacks running the ball too. Some of those things. Can you can you get up there? Um, from to me, Auburn rushing for nearly 200 yards against Texas A&M was one of the things to me that that jumped out about last week. I think Texas A&M's front is better than Mississippi State's. I think if you do some of those similar things and can open up that running game, then then I think that's a big key for Auburn. You know, Mississippi State has been dealing with suspensions throughout the season. 
uh, as it relates to what they're calling Tudor Gate over there with the NCAA. So that's obviously affecting them, their rhythm, everything that goes along with that as far as trying to make sure everybody's on the same page, especially defensively. And as you said, I mean, this this defense is nowhere close to what it was last season with third first-round type guys uh, in that defensive front when they were number one in defense in the country. Uh, I believe they gave up, what, 28 points to Louisiana Lafayette earlier this season. They did shut down Kentucky. They actually had a pick six uh, in that game, but it kind of goes to show you again, as what we were talking about earlier, State's offense just hasn't been able to score a lot of points this season, and uh, that's it's going to be a big, big factor going into this one. Is they've got to find they might move the ball against Auburn, but Auburn's usually the, the team, the defense that always stands up pretty tall in the red zone or just outside of it, and uh, it'll be interesting to watch how State comes into this game with a game plan with all the, the offense and. Obviously, uh, every week they go into a game, it's like who's suspended, who's going to play, and who's not. Um, it's kind of one of those things where you just have to go into a game and prep as if everybody's going to play, and if they don't play, so be it. Yeah, it's it's something that, like I said, they have to deal with. And if you take away, um, you know, one of the top linebackers, which was a possibility this weekend, it it changes things. Now they got a couple of physical linebackers out there. <clears throat> And as big an offensive line group as, as maybe Auburn will see this year. So there's some challenges from the physicality side of things. But, um, you know, I, th- I think you're right. It, it, it's impacted them. And you know, when you lose what they lost on that defensive front, um, some places you can just, hey, you can, you can, I won't say snap your fingers, but you can, you know, Clemson and other places, you can replace those guys with maybe guys that are pretty close to as talented. Just not going to have that type of thing at Mississippi State, not yet. And and so I think that's a big loss for them and a big difference in, in the team Auburn's going to face on Saturday. We're going to talk more about this game, uh, the future for Auburn football moving forward, uh, the start of basketball practice on campus right after these messages. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Guys, uh, I'm not overlooking Mississippi State, but I guess I am. But I, I, I said after the a, or going into the A&M game that if Auburn beat Texas A&M, I really like their chances of beating Florida and beating Mississippi State. And that if they do that, that sets them up to have, in my opinion, no more than one loss going into November, which would be the exact kind of spot they were in in 2017 when they won the SEC West. I wanted to get your guys' take on these next two weeks. I mean, I've seen a lot of Florida, actually, this year. They're obviously, I just don't, they're not as good as they were last year. And Kyler Trask, he's done a good job replacing Felipe Franks at quarterback, but I'm just not seeing it with Florida. I know it's on the road, but 
that that sets up well. I th- these next two weeks, I think, set up pretty well for Auburn to continue this this rising national story about the Tigers of potentially being a, a college football playoff team that not a lot of folks were really talking about, obviously, before the season. I wanted to go around the table here and get your thoughts on these next couple of weeks and in the future. You know, for that to happen, I think Auburn's just got to continue to improve. And uh, still a lot of areas where they're making mistakes. Um, got to get better throwing the football, particularly deep balls. Um, defensively, um, they got to do a little bit better job in pass coverage. Uh, special teams play has been pretty uneven until last week. They need to make sure they get all that stuff squared away. But I agree. Uh, these are two very winnable games. Uh, Florida at Gainesville can be very tough to beat uh, traditionally, but I don't think this is a vintage Florida team uh, from what I've seen so far. Maybe uh, maybe they'll get better. And, um, but I think, uh, you know, it's it's really questionable if Florida's got the type of team that can challenge in the SEC East. I when think – go ahead, Jay. When, when I look at it, you're right. It, we talked about almost kind of in thirds of this season, the, this first third of the season with those two trips to Texas and, and how that would potentially set things up for this Auburn team. And uh, what we didn't know was that this is going to be a group that, that wouldn't have its – top four wide receivers together until week four, and they still weren't 100%. Um, to be able to do that, have some injuries here there, kind of find ways to win, which is what they've done, and, and get a little bit better week by week, they put themselves in a really good position. Um, you're right, this is a game at home. You don't have another home game until November. Um, you need to take care of business on Saturday. And then going to Florida, I think Kyle Trask has probably made them a better team in the short term because he's throwing the football, but you look at it and, and, and obviously the Kentucky team is, is not nearly what they were last season. You're talking about losing you know, defensive talent. They've lost this a bunch and they definitely can't replace it as easily as some others have. And then Tennessee is just, a, that is a rolling train wreck right now uh, uh, for what they're doing in that game last weekend. When I saw that Jeremy Pruitt talked about they had four offensive linemen play winning football for the first time this season. And I, had to remember myself. Well, they lost thirty-four to three, so I don't know what winning football means, but that's not a whole lot of it. Um, <laughs> so I, I look at Florida, and I'm still not sure. Um, they got some skill talent though. There's a good wide receiver group, but I think Auburn's defensive line against Florida's offensive line that could be a, a big, a big you know issue there, and it could be a bonus for Auburn. But first things first, you, you got to go out, take another step forward on Saturday. Yeah, I agree. I think that uh, you know this. Well, every game is big, obviously, and uh, uh, and and the further you go, the bigger they get. But uh, you know, it's, it's very hard to to win a championship if you get beat at home. Uh, not impossible, but hard. And uh, uh, and then Florida next week. I have I, I also have not been overly impressed by Florida. You know, I and I don't know about uh, the quarterback Trask either yet. I mean, last year when uh. When Felipe Franks got hot down the stretch, uh, it was against bad teams. And I think all of a sudden he was viewed as uh, that he had turned the corner when even before he got hurt, he really had not seen to turn the corner. And, uh, uh, and you know, I want to see this young, this player, this guy that's playing now play against real teams. That's, it's hard at this point of the season because so many teams, if they played anybody really good, it's one team. 
and uh and Kentucky is, is not what they were last year, and now they're even a lot less than they were last year because of losing their quarterback. And still, all they had to do was make a make a thirty eight yard field goal, and they would have beaten Florida. Uh, so, uh, you know, but having having been to Gainesville a bunch of times, however, they're hard to beat down there, and they it will be a wild atmosphere with with probably two undefeated teams playing. It'll be a wild atmosphere. It'll be a tough place to play, and uh, uh, and Auburn will have to play well. But I think Auburn's better than they are. Uh, I, th- I think Auburn's better than anybody they play until they get to LSU, and then yeah. we'll see. But but not so much better that they can't lose. So, Keith, uh, you you are yeah. you own a pair of Florida jorts. Uh, tell us a little bit about <laughs> <laughs> what you think about Auburn's chances here yeah, at Florida. Well, I, I tell you, the Matt. Yeah, sorry. The matchup you gotta like if you're Auburn is the fact that Florida's offensive line is terrible at run blocking, and quite frankly, Florida's running backs they look like they're just dudes. They're not anything special. So that probably plays into the Auburn defense's hands somewhat. That that makes them one dimensional. They they had a hard time running the ball against Tennessee for God's sakes. They had a run harder time running against Kentucky. So they don't run the ball well. Uh, Miami as well. So again. That's the strength of the Auburn defense, stopping the run. So strength versus weakness. However, if you're Florida, what gives you some hope is that your offensive line that aren't good at run blocking, they are pretty good at pass blocking, believe it or not. They have been pretty good. And, you know, as much as we all like the Auburn defensive line, I think if you if you said, okay, what's the area of the Auburn defensive line that could be better? There really is an identifiable pass rusher. There is no Jeff Holland, Carl Lawson, D Ford type. And so if you're Florida, you that may be a game where Florida throws the ball 35 to 40 times, quite frankly. And Florida does have very good receivers. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, I think Florida's a little thin. Good DBs, uh, and not as good as they have been against the run, and also don't have the quick linebackers that you know Phillip and Mark and Jason and, and you, Brandon, have seen Florida have all these years. You just don't see those guys as much anymore. So I, I, think it's a, I think it sets up favorably for Auburn. But you're right, anything happens in those wild games down in Gainesville, no question about it. All right, so this weekend, Keith, uh, Jason, what do we got on tap as far as recruiting for Auburn football? Who's going to be on campus? Who should we be, really be watching? Uh, yeah, there are going to be a lot of guys. No official visits this weekend, but uh, you know, there's there be a really talented group of players. Some again, I guess was uh, just this weekend, and I think you start looking at it. Um, a lot of the guys that are already committed will be on campus, and this is a big weekend for those guys. But for Auburn, it's a lot of it is 2021 and 22 and beyond. That's the guys you're looking at. And, you know, Keith has had a, had a couple of, uh, have a couple of intriguing stories about visits coming in this weekend, including a big defensive lineman from, um, you know, the Tennessee area. Um, you know, Jay Hardy's a guy that, that, you know, you start talking about, um, places of need for Auburn. And there's no question that defensive line is one of those spots. And, you know, that's one of the guys that they're, um, that, that they're expecting to get in this weekend. But, Keith, uh, you know, I think this is going to be one of those that kind of sets the table for the month of November. And we talked about on the field how important these these home games are. But for Auburn, you don't have another one of these visits until November. And you got a couple of big ones coming up then. So this is the last chance to kind of make an impression uh, before some of these guys really start to narrow down some lists. Well, you know, the issue is that Auburn had the one neutral site game 
in in Texas. Then they played two non-Power 5 conference teams at home, which weren't marquee attractions to top recruits. Uh, and then they went on the road. And now they're back home. But again, it will be their last home game until November 2nd. So this scheduling quirk has made it very difficult on Auburn to get top guys to the school for games in the early to middle part of the season. So that's that's really a concern. But uh, really what you're seeing is it's not just 2020 guys, class of 2020 guys, which is the current class. Auburn only has six spots left to fill. They're doing a great job in that class. Obviously, they got to fill the void at defensive line and finish strong there. But they're in a good spot just about everywhere else. But really what you're seeing is it's going to be a day where a lot of 2021s and 2022s are on campus so Auburn can lay the groundwork for next year. James Williams, five-star safety out of Miami. Nobody gives Auburn a shot. Jason and I know for a fact that Auburn's very much in that. Uh, there's a lot of 2021 guys that are going to be there, uh, you know. And so, again, you're, you're, you have to lay the groundwork. You don't just show up and start recruiting guys and all of a sudden they fall in love with you and commit. It's a relationship-building process, and it takes time. And that's why you're seeing Auburn try to get these young guys on campus early. Um, now, the rush will be in November. The four home games in November, uh, the, the two big ones, obviously. And then the official visits, well, most likely, most of them are going to be in this Auburn would prefer at this stage not to have too many during the season. If you're Auburn, there's multi, uh, multiple reasons, and, and you guys have been doing this for a long time. You know, a lot of it, and you're busy. They're going to be focused in on those games, laser focused. Two, kids want to go to those games anyway. You, you, that's the carrot you dangle in front of them. Come to that game, and then we'll bring you back for an official visit. So it's really twofold there. So this is an important new weekend, though. There's going to be a lot of young talent. Jay Hardy, to me, uh, I think Jason sounded like he agrees, probably the most important of the 2020s. You could see some other guys. Romello Height, a Miami commit, has told me that he he potentially could be at that game. That's a, a buck defensive end uh, type guy, buck linebacker, weak side defensive end, needs some pass rushers. You potentially could see a Philip Webb, uh, who's a four-star buck target out of Georgia. You could see someone like him show up too. But there's going to be a lot of guys there, at least four or five stars and up to six five stars. So, a very big day for Auburn recruiting. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting that uh, that uh, it's not just football. It's I, I was visiting with Mickey Dean today, the softball coach, and this is a huge recruiting weekend for them. So that month without a home football game, I mean, just about every sport on on campus recruits on those football games, and. Uh, so it's, it's not just football and basketball. I apologize, Jason. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, you're right. Everybody uses football games as a centerpiece for, for weekend visits. I mean, basketball is doing it for a long time. Baseball does it. Every other sport does it as well. And so you're right. It, it throws a kink in the plans when you don't have a football game for that entire month. But, yeah, you know, get back to kind of this football recruiting weekend. It is. It's one of those situations where, you know, now coaches, and I think Auburn is, is on the right track a little bit, um, with these official visits, um, Keith mentioned the Georgia Alabama games, especially those are games that kids want to come to. I think you'll look and see if they could potentially get a, a player from, you know, out of the, the the footprint region that wants to take an official visit. That would be a time for them guys that don't normally get a chance to see an Auburn football game in person. That's when you use one of those official visits. The kids who come a good bit that have been before um, save those because there's just not a whole lot of time for those coaches to have with them on those weekends. I wanted to move on to, to basketball here near the end of the podcast. Uh, the basketball team started practices a couple days ago. Uh, we spoke to Bruce Pearl, 
uh, as well on Wednesday. Mark, you've you've been out at practice, Jason, you as well. Um, I wanted to hit on one thing that I found was interesting that Bruce Pearl was talking about was the the work ethic of Daniel Purifoy. He's a guy that they're really hoping that would step up in that Chumo Kiki type role. Um, but, you know, there's always been questions about work ethic and all this stuff. And he's like talked about how he's been the hardest worker this offseason. And he wants him to actually be more selfish when it comes to being an offensive player. Uh, Mark, uh, Jason, what have you seen? What have you heard about Purifoy? And then also, what are your just general thoughts of this team with so many newcomers, eight newcomers on this team with five returning players as well? Yeah, interesting team uh, with, you know, the seven new signees. They got Jamal Johnson, who redshirted after transferring in from Memphis, will be a redshirt sophomore. Then you got the five seniors, and all those seniors have played uh, pretty major roles. And uh, Purefoy, you know, came in as a freshman, was a immediate uh, scorer, immediate rebounder, and he looked like he's going to be the type of player that he was expected to be when he was recruited as a big time prospect. And, uh, uh, he had the suspension. He's had some injury issues. He got overweight. Uh, he was on a team last year that had a lot of uh, competition for playing time. I really think this is going to be his best year. Uh, my big question about him is, is he going to spend all his time playing power forward or is he going to play him some at small forward too? And uh, Anthony McLemore is playing some uh, at power forward this year uh, in practice. And, uh, and then they got – Babatunde stretch I can ball in for at center, and I think he's going to help them right away. So that gives them the opportunity to move McLemore in over to forward. And, you know, with him and one of those big guys out there uh, on the floor at the same time, that's a lot of shot blocking and rebounding potential and the potential to score uh, inside and out because McLemore can shoot the ball from outside. The new three-point line going back, another foot or so is not going to bother him at all. And uh, I think it's a really interesting team. Uh, it's going to have a lot of growing pains. Uh, they've got, got to figure out, you know, the plane rotation, and who they can count on. Um, but by the time they get into January, February, they got a chance to be a pretty decent team. Yeah, I, I think D'Angelo Purefoy, to me, has the most – kind of upside in terms of being the score that they need. This is a team that's going to have a lot of options in terms of guys that can can put the ball in the basket, but you don't have the prolific score like you had with a Bryce Brown, even Jared Harper last year right now. And so I think D'Angelo Purifoy is a guy that gives you the most in that role. Um, you know, Bruce Brown talked about it. He's a guy that's a he's a really good shooter from the perimeter. I think I think the thing I want to see out of D'Angelo Purifoy, let's see if that work ethic and selfishness if that creates more aggressiveness because he's right, a guy that needs right. to be at the free throw line eight to ten times a game and he he hardly ever gets there he needs to become a more a, a more selfish guy in getting to the rim and getting fouled doing those things so i think that's one thing to work uh, to watch for javon mccormick to me looks like he's continued that this upward climb that he saw last year looks really good in the preseason then the player that people are going to really enjoy watching is Isaac Okoro. Oh, yeah. Um, freshman. He is the guy that, that's going to be the defensive stopper, but he's not the normal defensive stopper. You think about defensive stoppers in basketball, normally you think about guys that look like Bryce Brown or guys that are really athletic. Isaac Okoro looks like Julius Peppers. He looks like a, <laughs> a, a defensive end, but he's so athletic, has great feet. I think he's going to be a big addition to that small forward and, 
because of that, this is going to be a different looking Auburn team. It's going to be a much more physical team and I think should be a much better rebounding team. Yeah. You know, Bruce Pearl's mentioned it. They're, they're not going to be as fast paced as last year's team. And they're going to, they're going to change things up a little bit just because of that, as you mentioned. And the guy I'm really looking forward to see is McCormick because as good as Jared Harper was obviously shooting a three and he was driving to the basket a lot. McCormick had that speed as well to drive to the basket, and we saw it in the postseason. He was really coming into his own, and now it's his show, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him trying to drive past opponents and kind of catch some people off guard with his speed and drive it to the basket because I think that's going to be huge and crucial for them, especially in the early part of that season, trying to get that offense going and making people feel more comfortable on the floor. I agree with you about him, Brandon. Really, if you look at down the stretch, really the SEC tournament and the the Tennessee game when they won at home, the SEC tournament, the NCAA tournament, uh, Jared Harper got in foul trouble a few times there, and uh, uh, and McCormick really came in and 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 took it over and and it gave him some things. Even Jason, even Jared doesn't necessarily, didn't necessarily give him. I think I think from what I saw, he has a chance to be something special this year. Yeah, McCormick. Uh... I was out in Salt Lake City at that New Mexico State game. If he hadn't come in and saved the day, that would have been a one-and-done yep. NCAA tournament for the Tigers. He had 16 points off the bench. That was an incredible performance by him, and he, and he was doing it by driving to the basket. He was just he was just so fast. Um, and as you guys mentioned, when Harper was getting foul trouble, he came in, and it changed things for Auburn, but they didn't really lose a step. They, they actually not only – uh, did as well as they would usually do with Jared in there. They did better uh, in some spots, particularly in that Tennessee game uh, in the SEC tournament. Uh, I thought McCormick did a great job leading that offense. And as Bruce Pearl has said, he says that's that's our guy. That's he's he's earned it. He's going to be the starting point guard this season. And um, I, I think it's a, a fantastic story from where he came from. It really is uh, yeah. to where he is now. To where. Um, I, he is much faster than I thought he was going to be, and that that has proven to be all the difference in the world for him, offensively and and defensively. So I, I'm I'm really interested to watch him play this season. Yeah, I think the thing to me is is this time last year, watching where he was, yeah, and seeing where he finished. I don't remember a player, maybe in any sport, that improved as much over a year as Javon McCormick did. And now you look at the confidence of being the guy. You're right. Um, his his shooting touch is, is much better. I think he's a guy that's really going to surprise a lot of people. And he didn't have the, the length, even though it's, it sounds funny, he doesn't have the length that Jared Harper had because Jared had really long arms to, to be a guy that's a little bit shorter than Javon. But I think Javon is more maybe a little bit more explosive because I think he's a little bit more physical than Jared was. So a little bit different take on the speed game. Um, the thing I want to see from him is, is can he be that guy for 30 minutes, you know, yeah. he was that guy from 10 or 12 or 15 minutes. That was the thing about Jared is, is, is he, he was that guy from start to finish. Um, can Javon be that guy from start to finish, you know, for 35, 40 games or so? Yeah. Jared was the type of guy that would blow past you, get a layup and maybe draw a foul. McCormick's the type of guy that will blow past you, but he'll take contact and get the foul. And it doesn't bother him as much uh, because of his, his size and his girth. So, um, interesting basketball team being put together this season. Practices are underway, and of course, we spoke earlier about the big recruiting weekend for basketball with a couple of five stars on campus. Uh, we will be all over it at auburn.247sports.com. 
Guys, I won't even bother with a prediction. Uh, well, no, let's go ahead and do predictions. You guys don't have to give me score predictions for Auburn, Mississippi State, but I, I would think that uh, everybody's picking an Auburn win this week. I know I am. Yeah, I think Auburn's going to win the game. I think Mississippi State could keep it close for a long time, and uh, but I think Auburn's going to go to 5-0. and uh, I, I just have a feeling that this is an Auburn team that's just scratching the surface. And we've seen it at times, uh, you know, an Auburn-Mississippi State game where when Auburn plays well, they can kind of run away a little bit. I don't know that they run away big time in this game, but I, I just have a feeling that we haven't come close to seeing this Auburn team and what they can do. And um, I wouldn't be surprised, especially in the passing game, to see them click a little bit better. And if they do that, I think there's going to be some opportunities for some plays. So I think Auburn wins this game uh, and, and, and does so, you know, pretty – pretty uh impressively I'm, I'm pretty much in agreement i think that uh you know really if you look at the games mississippi state has won particularly when they won at auburn which hasn't been very often there's been some issues with the auburn team that they've beaten uh and this auburn team doesn't seem to have any of those issues it seems to be a team that is playing with great confidence and, and great belief and uh uh, and I, I think I think it'll be close for a while because I think Mississippi State does have some good players, but I think in the end that it'll be a uh, – if, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, and I was going to bet on this game, which I wouldn't, I would uh, I would uh, take Auburn and give the 10 points, 10 and a half, whatever it is. You heard it here first. Philip is a degenerate gambler. He's, trying, <laughs> <laughs> he's just trying to hide it. <laughs> no, I I may lose money in a lot of ways. I will not lose it betting on twenty year olds. I promise you that. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining the Roundtable Podcast. Big weekend ahead, uh, and you can check out our official predictions for the Auburn Mississippi State game, along with scores and other SEC games and national games at auburn twenty four seven sports dot com, and of course, more recruiting coverage. And coverage this weekend, coverage this weekend from football and basketball on our website, auburn.247sports.com. Thank you guys for joining me. That's it for the roundtable. We'll see you guys down the road. No one has it covered like 24-7 sports. Go undercover with Auburn Undercover. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I feel it in my I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus.